Hey, what's up, guys? I'm John. Welcome to Talk About That, the podcast with my friends Johnny and Dane. Guys, we're going to ride the train to Bantertown. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're not riding. <laughs> Want to take you to Bantertown? <laughs> okay. Uh, I still think it's cool. No, I still it's think bad. it's cool for a podcast We need network. to come up with a new and creative bad name for the podcast with each show. That well, I'm working on it. Banter City. Oh, <laughs> That's, that sounds like You're a Toby Bantertropolis. Like a, that's a Toby Mac record, wasn't it? <laughs> Diverse City. That's a great record. That's a great record. It, it really was. was. So, well, welcome, guys. It's going to be a great. It's going to be a great show. We actually mm. have a lot of exciting things happening in today's show, and oh, yes. uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. We don't want our, our listeners to think that all we do is talk about this, but we do have to say just to correct a few things. Number one, it turns out they released an article that Quentin <laughs> Dormady, <laughs> the quarterback for Tennessee, on first and goal yeah. that actually. Coach Jones slash his staff had sent in a running play, and he changed so it. This at the line. punk, this college his sophomore, he doesn't junior? even trust his own coach. Well, he was again. That's his job is to look at the defense, and so it, you know. But and I, I, t- I said that I think he may have changed it. You know, so not that that completely. You know, releases him from thing. all responsibility of all the other calls in the game and all. But I don't. So there is that. So uh, we do have – we looked pretty awful against UMass. Uh, UMass is 0-4, had lost to the likes of Old Dominion and Temple. Well, they're a basketball school. Yeah. They were FCS like just a few years ago. Now they're just now FBS. What does FCS stand for? Federal Credit Services? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think as football bowl division is FBS, right? No, because that's FBD. It's football bowls. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really. We don't know. We just we throw these words around. Now we used to be Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. That's what it is. Yeah. But it's now it's FCS, FBS, and TBC, PMS. That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the PBS team. <laughs> Me and Ernie. Um, you get like a tote bag. Ernie. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like Bert and Ernie. <laughs> if you if you give a donation to school, you get a tote bag. Elmo get tackled. This game is an example of some of the fun programming you can expect if you make a donation to PBS, <laughs> <laughs> the professional bowl system. I don't know. Well, um, we also found out, uh, and this this one hurts. Mm. This one hurts. Uh, it actually cuts me deep. Now, I am not. I'm going to say this to you guys, mm. but I am not going to concede just yet that what I'm going to say is true. This is a lot of qualifying statements. Well, it has to yeah. be because mm-hmm. last episode, the millions of people around the world, and guys, we've heard from people from almost every continent, which reminds me, by the way, <laughs> we, which reminds me that we're, we would love for all of you out there you to You heard from go. somebody in Antarctica. Is that what you're telling me? Every continent, Johnny. Every continent. I don't have to dumb <laughs> it down true? for you. Is that true? Guys, next week I will tell you if it's true. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> we tell a story. I can find out right now. We go back and we look at the veracity of it the next week, but... I I would like to say if you are out there, we'd love for you to go on over to iTunes or mm. to wherever you're listening to the podcast and yes. to uh, leave us a review. Yeah, that so helps with the ratings and it just helps it get pushed up to the higher rankings, yeah, like when yeah. people search. So subscribe, subscribe, and leave a comment, positive yeah. comment. Hopefully, don't just listen and you know walk away. I had a few people today, or a few people over the last couple of weeks say I, I can't figure out where to subscribe, and to which I replied. The subscribe button, like just try pushing that and like see. Well, I don't know how it works on other platforms. So I know how the podcast app on my iPhone works, but I don't know what a Google phone would do, or I don't know how that process works. We don't know. But if you can find a subscribe button, or just search, talk about that in on your app. Subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you can't, we're gonna upload episode. these. We're gonna upload these these podcasts to YouTube. You'll get a push kind of notification too, so. when a new episode comes out too, which is yeah. what you want. By the way, Bob Smiley, my buddy, wrote a great joke. I don't think he's ever used it on, in a show, but it was uh, a one liner, and it's uh, obstetricians were the inventors of the push notification. <laughs> wow, which I think is pretty. That's I don't get it because <laughs> oh, they tell man. they tell. I don't know what an obstetrician they, is. They, they, they give you know birth. They're a, oh yeah, they're it's a push. Okay. It's, like I get it. That's yeah. funny, but I just didn't know what like an, an OB, was. Like an OBGYN. Okay. Yeah. Obstetrician. We've had a lot of letters so far mm-hmm. on this episode. So yeah. OBGYN and PBS. PBS and F, FCS, FBS, TCBY, BYOB. Yeah. So what? Um, IBS. <laughs> that's a different, that's a terrible it's whole league to be in. <laughs> oh my a lot of people taking a lot of breaks between plays. Well, I Coach, you. I gotta come out again. I'm in the IBS league. <laughs> um, yes, and we are sorry if you have IBS. Really, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. So anyway, but let me just say this though: the story we told last week that we dubbed the greatest story ever told, except for the gospel, except for the gospel, of course. Mm. Um, someone found it on Google. That say, someone would be my wife. Yeah, well, dude, what are you doing? Oh, Curry found my it. wife. She didn't just find said, it; she tweeted it. This can't it. be true. I agree. She looked it up on a website called snubs.com, which is kind of like where you go to find out if something's an urban legend or a meme has been photoshopped mm. or whatever. And it immediately came up as being like a 10 or 15-year-old story. And it had the exact details See, that we talked about. Being the hairdresser and the, p- the person was a, a, a high-level functioning autistic adult and et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Like every detail was the same. And uh, the house being ransacked, I was like, <laughs> "But riddle me been, this: it's been spread on the internet for over ten years." But let me tell you, what if you went to the internet right now? Yeah, and what if you tried to search whether or not the gospel was true? Wouldn't you find the exact same critique? Oh, this is too much. It's too good to be true. There's no way. Blah 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 blah. blah. Gee, I Johnny, don't think, I think are you comparing the gospel to what a I'm saying is there's a possibility person? that it's such a good story, right? There's such a good story, guys, <laughs> that maybe it's too good to be true to some people. Guys, yeah. I just I refuse I refuse you right think now that to you're get up on the it. person you heard it from, which you already admitted last week was like a person told a person told a person told a person. You think that you're the one that that was really real, right? Well, and even by the way, my wife said when she listened to the podcast that I got the sequence messed up oh, of the people. Yeah. I didn't mm. even say it correctly. So, but that's not uncommon for me. But. To that end, I'm still searching. I'm still searching for truth. If you're so it's not, the, and you're a Jehovah's Witness who's a little person, <laughs> and this happened, because we know that you hit it. You didn't want to purport it. You walked away. Come forward. Come forward yeah. and tell your story. Because here's what's happened, John. Here's what I thought about. What if that's the only podcast you listen to, and now we've helped to further the, legend. the urban legend? Because mm. now somebody's going to tell the story and go, no, 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 I know it's true. I heard about it on this podcast. Right, yes. and right. I trust Johnny, John, and Dane more than anyone right. in, the, in, the, in my life. Of course you would. Yeah. We are yeah. very confident in what we say. Yeah. No, I, I'm still going to keep searching it. I'm going to keep going because, again, some, I'll say this about it. My mm-hmm. wife and I talked about this last night because we talk about very important things in our marriage. What it's, are you searching for exactly? The, to the, find out if it's true. trying to find the little person. Because mm. my wife said the person who told my mother-in-law, like, they knew. It was someone's daughter like there was someone, someone had to we lie. We need to find, yeah, somebody lied. Like someone had to lie and make it up somebody and tell needed, it to someone yeah, important right. in their life. Like somebody it's a needed real story. a good story at a party. And well, they were like, you know what? And they just went in. Yeah. With it. It went all here's in. the thing. You, you said the chain of like the people, right. the amount of people that it had to come down through. And this was, this was like approaching double digits it was a lot in of people. people. So I feel like 
Can it's I just a, your say search too, is impossible. Here's the here's the key. I don't urban legends because I'm a big I love urban legends so much. Like I used there's a show that used to be on uh, ID channel and it was about urban legends and why we make them as a culture. Right. Like they're usually they're trying to teach us a moral lesson. Mm-hmm. Like the old one about the couple making out on the lovers lane and then something comes on the radio that there's a guy that's escaped from mental institution. Oh, yeah. He's got a yeah, hook definitely. for a hand. I heard that. One. And then they freak out and they drive away. My dad and then when they get home, that. the hook is still hanging on the door. And so that's like a lesson about like maintaining your virginity keeping pure or whatever so it's like this we, we tell kids to spook them to scare them you know right. and because like there's a guy with a hook trying to get you because that's you, what you need to worry about if you go to right. lover's lane exactly right so there's lessons but those are just seem like there's a few urban legends that i noticed i'm thinking about it once i realized ours wasn't true whoa, whoa. they seem very whoa, geared whoa. Ours against is purported to possibly not be very true. geared against little people because there's another one that i used to love and it was that and people were like uh, the friend of mine literally told me, he's like, no, this happened to a friend of mine. Like, And you're like, no, it didn't, because I've read this on Snopes.com, too. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time, but somebody's uh, babysitting, right? Uh-huh. And a uh, couple's out at the theater, whatever. And they say, uh, they call home, you know, in the intermission of the theater. Hey, how's things going? How's Junior? And then she's like, well, he's great. But, like, the clown statue you guys have is so oh, weird. Yeah, it's one. just staring at us. And it's giving me the creeps. Like, I threw a blanket over it. I hope that's okay. And then they say, we don't, we don't have, have a, a clown, clown statue. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> yeah. And then she runs, and evidently there was a little guy dressed up as a clown that would hang out and just, <laughs> I don't know if that's your plan. Like, I'm going to go in here and pretend to be a statue you've never seen in your home before. Right. Yeah. That'll work. I'll just remain perfectly still. Well, like still. all those stories where it's always like, and the call was coming from inside the house. Yeah. You know, it was, we used to always make jokes about that wherever we were. The calls are coming from. Yeah, inside whatever. Right, yeah, inside whatever. the cooler. Yeah, or the, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll it, it does make me want to create an urban legend and see how far we can perpetuate it. Now, not a quote unquote lie, but perhaps <sighs> a, a great story. story. It's an experiment. Yeah. I want to see how to far see it can you go. Can get it to spread. But right now, I'm going to go search you know this that down. That's, that's, that happened already, though. Like, well, obviously, the, we just no, told no, no, one. No, what apparently. I'm saying is, like, things that we believe. There was somebody who tried to, like, okay, for instance, there. You, everybody knows the old thing about how you eat five to seven spiders in your sleep in your lifetime. I You've heard believe that, that. Well, don't believe it because literally, it was made up by some. Like, I read this on Snopes that an institute, when the internet first came out, they wanted to see how far they could get mm. a legend wow, that's out, interesting. Wow. and it spread so far that like, it accomplished. To, to the other extreme of what they were trying to do, that it's just wow. accepted as fact now. Wow! And who the other is one is that we use ten percent of our brain. Hold on, Ruin, who was this? The people oh, I don't know. I just read about it on Snopes. So just Google like Illuminati. The five, yeah. five to eat, five, five to seven spiders. I've a never year. believed that. I always thought that was stupid. Because wouldn't I wake up if I had a yeah. freaking spider what if in my you mouth? Wake up mid mid spider. Yeah, if it bit me or bit my tongue, like I would wake up. Well, when I eat a spider awake, I right. usually know it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? well, no, yeah. you freeze them. You got to put them in the. Oh, they're delicious <laughs> with a good gravy. They're crispy. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. We're going to keep starting. Hey, guys, we do the hard journalistic, integratable right. work on this show, so we're going to keep chasing down the story. And I don't want any listener out there to give up hope if on you're the story. A, if you're a little spider that dresses up like a clown and you want to come forward, <laughs> please. I wish we could have a call in seg- segment where like. The spider could call in, but that's hey. You were it? you were talking about the theater where that story originated, right? Yeah. Um, didn't you used to work at a theater? I did. I worked at a movie theater uh, for uh, three years, and it was. Uh, How old were you? I was uh, eighteen. I started when I was eighteen. Wow. 
So it was my first job out of high school. And that's where I met my wife, Curry. Uh, wow. I taught her how to shovel popcorn, and it was true love. Speaking of shovels, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of jokes you used to play on like new people. Oh right, new right. employees. <laughs> okay, so we didn't do it. I had it done to me. All right, look and at all this what, disclaimer now. Well, what you this is, is the best. Or... I I promise you, I actually did one of these. Did you really? At the so camp. what we do is, if you're new, there's chores. Like movie theater is really weird. You work really hard for like 20 minutes when the movies are all starting. Set five, seven, three, whenever they whenever they start, and then everybody's in their movies. So unless they're coming out to get a refill, you're just like there. And so it's a really strange job. So you have to go fill up all the straw machines, napkin machines, all that stuff. And then they have other chores that you do like once a week or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I was new. And the guy who'd been there like six months longer than me, he's like, let's get Johnny. And I'm an idiot. I was homeschooled. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> he walks over to me. He's like, Johnny, go fill up a bucket of water. Come back and find me. I go, this is the one I did. Five-gallon bucket of water. I come up. I go, now he goes, well, it's your turn to uh, fill up the drinking fountains. And so You're I tell, so smart, Johnny. I don't, but I tell this on stage now because it's like that's not a good first day. Like your manager walks around the corner and sees you slowly pouring five gallons of water down the drain of an automatic drinking fountain. He's not thinking like that guy's going to run this place. That guy, we made middle a pristine hire. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> he is working with some stuff. So did you turn around and then use that on other? Oh, new of course. Employees? Once you okay. do it, you're like, ah, we're going to get. I can't totally. wait to get Chet with this or yeah. whatever the new That's guy is. The, I, I got somebody at the camp doing that one. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I don't remember so her funny. name. But one of let's be honest. At the camp, the water was probably yeah. just as clean going in as it was yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drain water would have been up There's another one, though, about oh, the shoveling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like rocks. You're turning rocks on the roof because <laughs> the roofs are flat on some of these theater buildings, and they have those rocks on top. And so we, you have to <laughs> climb, you have to climb the roof, and they'd be like, it'd be 100 degrees out, you know. It'd be like. We got to go turn the rocks on the roof. What? Yeah, they burn holes if you don't. <laughs> burn holes. And so then one of us would be like, do we do we have the tools? And they'd be like, no, I got to do this by hand. Like, Are you kidding me? So we start walking up the ladder to get to the roof, you know, and somebody's following us like, what? They don't know. They're, you know, they're 16. They're trying to get car payment money. Right. And they're just, and when they first touch the first rock, we just blow over laughing. And wow. Wow. They just start turning rocks over. I love that. Yeah. That's great. It's Filling mean. up the water fountain. I'm not really a prankster person, though, because I'm always afraid of how far the other person's willing to go. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's always that person that will like, you're just trying to like, put shaving cream on their door and they're trying to slash your tires. Yeah, they'll kill you. That's the end game. Right. Yeah. They poisoned your ferret. Yeah. And, uh, sorry to all the ferret owners. I don't know why that tickled me so much. I was at one of your shows recently. Guys, if you're a ferret owner and you want to come forward. (laughs) I was at one of your shows recently and you did that bit. And it <laughs> caught me so funny because I hadn't heard it. I've heard most of your show. Oh, that's right. But yeah, you did, got to that the, one and I was bent over laughing. Yeah, you do the whole sequence. I, mean, I, yeah, I, I did poisoned that. Poisoned your – yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, I put shaving cream on. Oh, I put cheese was on your mirror. I TP'd your yard. I poisoned your ferret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I it's love good. it. It's yeah. good. I love it. That's – yeah, have you guys seen these commercials, by the way? And I've never said this out loud, I think, to anyone but my wife. But I'm really bothered by some of the commercials. There's a trend right now towards cannibalism mm. 
in like cartoon commercials, especially like have you seen the cinnamon what? cinnamon toast crunch? Right. Oh. There's like the little cinnamon toast crunch squares. Yeah. And, and it happens with kind of with Pop Tarts too. Mm, but there's yeah, thing kinda. where they're kind of all these good, no, 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 like these goofy little characters, and yeah. they end up kind of accidentally licking one of their brothers or whatever, and they're yeah. like, man, they go crazy <laughs> and they eat them. <laughs> right. Yeah, they so eat weird. their own and then smile at the camera at the end, like, yay, yay. eat this. Yeah. I'm like, if I was a child, yeah. this would be horrifying to me. Like this. Yeah. Well, why don't, does anyone else find that weird? Like, well, why does that make you want? It's a cartoon, want? first of all, well, and then it's a you know, it's, it's, not, it's a it's a cinnamon toast crunch thing. It's not true to it's life, funny John. To kids. Although I will say, but I you personify. I, I used to have six brothers, so let me just say that <laughs> they were they, they didn't they didn't make it. <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like I don't know if I'm in that marketing room. I just to, you know you're ascribing this cute personification to yeah. this little cereal, and then it just destroys everything in its path. I just. Yeah. I don't. I don't get. I don't want something that tastes so good that I'm willing to kill for it. You know, I just give me give me my frosted yeah. flakes. Then uh, give me something with a tiger. Well, like, and then there's like Captain Crunch. Remember Captain Crunch? You, it's like a self-immolation. You're destroying the roof of your own mouth as you eat it. It's so. It's there's so a lot of can, uh, candy cereal like that, right? Yeah, you, you yeah. eat it and you're like, why are there strings of meat hanging from the roof of my mouth? <laughs> from strings of meat. I should have let this get wow. soggy. It's awful. That was descriptive. Uh, it is, isn't yeah. it? If you're, you're anything, you're descriptive. So thank you. <laughs> well, uh, give a shout out to Captain Crunch, though. If Crunch Berries <laughs> or Captain Crunch would like to be a sponsor, we'd be honored. Yeah. We love you, Captain. <laughs> I think Trump just uh, made him Secretary of the Navy. By the way, did you oh, see this? Oh, wow. Yeah, he's down to they're down. He's down to fictional characters now. So that's see? all that's left. <laughs> Oh man! Oh my gosh! Yeah, we don't gotta get political. No, we don't. Okay, no, we don't have to. All right. Well, that was sorry. That was that was more silly than just roll on by that silly. one. Yeah, it's all fine. The world is fine. Are you thinking? Yeah, okay. everything's gonna be fine. All right. Read sure. Revelation. Anyway, um, I was thinking today. I was thinking today about, uh, and I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I was thinking about. I would. I would like to like Dane. I would love to take the podcast mobile. Like take this world. It's already mobile. I'm saying I'd love to go out get and talk to van. people, like go places. Literally, like, people do... can get it on their mobile phones. No, no, no. We mean like as we're moving, like a man on the street. <sighs> thing. Dan, let me draw you a picture on this wall over here. So, <laughs> I know what you mean. We can yeah. take this on the road. And, like I like to, like, I like, a, to, like a man you know, on the like, street. Like kinda. the fans that show up to like concerts, like we're Q102 and we're at the, and they're outside the concert and they. Yeah, like at the van with the big Doppler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bleep, bleep, like we don't even bleep. need it because we don't need that technology, but we do it anyway. We put yeah. a big like satellite dish on the van, even though mm. it's just going through the right. internet. And we're not posting not it to later. It's not live. That'd be great. So <laughs> not come in and do anything. like live broadcast, but no yeah. one knows it's not really live. Right. Anyway, I'd like to ask people. I think this question. This is the question um, that I was listening to, and, I, and it just it fascinates me. Like I would love to ask people what makes someone. And there's two questions. Well, what makes someone a good person? Yeah. And then even better, for I think for our purposes, what makes someone a good Christian? Like if you're going to talk about what makes someone a good Christian, and the fact that we have this differentiation. Oh, you are you just made a big jump. I did. I, I did. But go with me here, though. If you start really thinking this through, guys, it's just like the cereal. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> It's, it's not, there's no way I can tie that back. Even, uh, Who's your captain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are we eating our own guys? Yeah, anyway, we are. Christians uh, tend to eat their own. But this this idea of like, okay, if I be okay, confession, confession times. Like when when I was a youth pastor for so many years, and you came into my office, and even now, if I'm doing marriage counseling or something right. like that, you know, and you come to my office, and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm really struggling. I feel depressed. I feel this and that. 
And it was never in a condemning sort of way, but there's like this patent set of questions that you ask back to the person, almost like you're a doctor trying to identify what the source of their problem is. And it usually goes, it usually begins with, well, tell me how your devos have been going. Yeah. Have you been reading your Bible lately? Have you been praying lately? And usually they almost volunteer. They come in like, well, I'm having this horrible time. And you know, I know why I haven't been reading my Bible lately. Like Kentucky guy. You know. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> he's back and he's falling away from the faith. <laughs> and, and it sounds like I'm anti-Devo, which I'm not. Not anymore anyway. I quit that yeah. club. But this, this idea of – and we like perpetuated that yeah. for so long that, well – and totally I believe in, I believe in, in Scripture – encouraging you and, and empowering you. There's, there, I'm not saying equipping you and I believe prayer yeah. and all those things are so important, but like we boiled down mm-hmm. what makes you good or not good as a Christian, as if being a Christian is not a good thing bestowed upon you by God. So, I mean, what all do you, right. what do you, I mean, Dane, man, I'm struggling with what you're even you're, talking about right now. I, well, and that's what I'm trying to get through to where, you. What are you, where are you even going? With Answer the question. What makes you a good Christian? I, I don't know. You never think that question? No, I, I don't just ask myself that question. What if someone day. else asked Johnny? Yeah. What makes you a good Christian? Don't answer. What do you think? It, just pretend you're someone else. Like, not the what answer you pretend? think I want. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I think you want. <laughs> you know, I will say this. Dan and I were talking about this. Uh, this is a little off topic, but not really. When you were. Uh, I feel like this whole thing is off topic. <laughs> no, it's, it's, Man, just hang with us, buddy. We're going to take you there. It's fine. He's, he's trying. He's There's trying. no topics. We're just chasing rabbits. But, which is another good name for a podcast, by the way, Chasing Rabbits. Ah, oh, we missed Wouldn't it. that have been good? Now yeah. we have millions of subscribers. We can't go back. Then we go. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Chasing <laughs> Rabbits to Bench. You can't time. rebrand. <laughs> okay, Follow us so. on Twitter at, at CRabbitsABPod. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Johnny. Go ahead. uh, So when you were a youth pastor and then I was young adults pastor at this church. So like we, I had some of the same students that we had had in youth ministry. And then, (laughs) so I was telling Dane this because he was talking about him and Emily been together this long and all this. And he says, like, we broke up a few times and it was hard. And, and I said, yeah, I remember one time you came over to my house because we would do groups at my house on Tuesday nights. And Dane came like two hours early one time. It's during the summer. And it was a big breakup of him and Emily. And it was just like, and I go, yeah, dude, you were crying. He goes, I don't remember that. And I go, dude, I loved it because I always told John, like, (laughs) he would get, he was jealous of me because I would get all like the fun, like, Johnny's so fun. He's the best movies. And we're just like, it's great. We're all going to, we're going to make grilled cheese and we're going to learn the Bible. And I like the way he teaches and blah, blah, blah. He makes the Bible come alive. And then they'd call you and it's like, John, I'm I'm addicted to porn. I'm pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm pregnant again. That's the best. uh, So, but I was kind of jealous of you because I was like, dude, when their lives are falling apart, they don't want fun, Johnny. They want like wisdom Mm -hmm. from John or they at least want like somebody that's going to like listen to them. And so when, whenever somebody would finally, like a few of the kids that would come through my ministry, you know, as like early 20s, late teens, they'd be like, John, I just don't know what to do. And you'd be like, just sit down. I think to myself, eat it, John. <laughs> uh, like, I got one in crisis over here. He's just glorying, <laughs> glorying at the, uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, all For that, those of you that don't know, Johnny was a college pastor, right? Yeah. Right. Young adults pastor in right. your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's. But I'm saying, like, 
I think there's something to. I don't think you're you're being a little hard on yourself as as far as the old. What you're saying is the old style of ministry that you did, where you'd say, "I'm going to run you through the list of the checkups," and I don't think you were always that way. I think you would give people like real solutions, or you'd say like, "There's great." You taught you taught great. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely was a thing of let's run this down. If you're struggling here, that means you're probably not doing this. I don't know how it feels yeah, as far as like checklists. what makes you good. I obviously, think I don't believe that goodness comes from us, and so. Uh, you know, theologically, it's easy to say, like, there's no good in me and all this. But how do you live your life? Do you really live your life that way? And I think sometimes I do. I think I rely on myself probably more than I should. Or I rely on my ability to get myself out of a jam. Like uh, Dane will experience this. And people in their mid-20s that are experiencing this, they start making a little more money or they start, you know, and then you're like, oh, I can write a check. Right, right. Like Pastor was preaching on giving yesterday, stewardship, and he would talk about how it's not about money. And what I kept thinking was, sometimes it's easier for me to write a check than to become invested in something mm-hmm. emotionally. Oh, absolutely. Like if a missionary comes in and they're like, hey, here's a trip, or here's something I want you to think about or uh, pray about this, and uh, we're going to also take up an offering. Like if I can write a $100 check and then just be done with it, that's the least, that's the smallest thing that I can. I mean, the smallest thing you can do is nothing, but I'm saying... It's so much easier for me. So somebody could not look at that and go like, well, that guy did so much. Look at how much. But it's all about where you are. And so I think self-reliance is a real problem that I face because I make my living on my words, things that come into my head, and then I craft them, and then I say them, and people laugh, and then they tell somebody else, this guy would be perfect for you or whatever, and then I go do that. And sometimes I've done it with little preparation. Sometimes I don't even, like, I'm like, oh, man, I should have made a, and then I get up there and it works anyway. And you develop this, you develop a, a pattern of of self-reliance. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest barrier to me as far as the gospel is my own, like, perceived goodness. Whether I want to believe it or not, I would say, do I perceive myself as somebody who's bad? I don't know if I do or not, you know? Well, and you see, and that and you, that word perception, and so well, the, uh, the question was: Are you do you would you consider yourself a good Christian? Well, how, what do you think makes a good Christian? Somebody who thinks they're a good Christian, what do they think it is that makes them such? Right. And and I think it goes down to perceptions. This is something we talked about a little bit yesterday with some friends. That I believe you have something you believe, and then you have something that you think you believe. But there's going to come a moment that situations in life are going to reveal to you, especially in your security. Yeah, they're going to reveal to you what you really believe. Yeah. If there's anything that happened, you're right. So, yeah. If there's anything that happened in, when you talk about the old days of youth ministry, mm-hmm. absolutely, man, I believe, I believe everything I believe now in, in pretty much the same fashion. But it was the security of my life. It mm-hmm. was, I was like, you're talking about very self-reliant or very confident or insecure based upon whether or not I was praying enough or mm-hmm. reading my Bible enough or whether I had enough wisdom for this situation. And there's no way that can't trickle down to people in your ministry. You say one thing, hey, you're always accepted. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's okay. But what we really believe yeah. is that you, you need to really get off your butt and, and get moving. And I'm not anti-move or take action. Yeah. But you begin to place more confidence or more condemnation, receive more condemnation in those actions. Yeah, right. So much so that I believe in this season of our life, what we've seen is a lot, we, we have a lot of friends who are still friends, but they've gravitated away from from faith or from deep community of faith because there's a sense of scarcity in them that for whatever reason, they just can't be good enough mm-hmm. to be a, quote, good Christian. They might consider themselves 
a Christian enough to go to heaven, but like we've created these these levels. And so I think you would say if someone considers himself good, how would they how would they respond with it? It's so funny. There's a story in the Bible, and I never understood it, that the rich man comes to Jesus, the rich young ruler, and he says, "Good teacher." And Jesus says, uh, "Why do you call Why do you call me good? There's none good but God." Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, all of my years until recently, I always took that as a really confusing statement. Like, is Jesus saying that he's not good? Is Jesus claiming not to be good? And I've even heard people kind of use that as a, even Jesus says himself he wasn't good, you know, meaning he wasn't all deity, he wasn't all God. And right. it was like, oh my gosh. And and then finally, you know, I heard someone talk about this. It, it made more sense to me. And I'm sure that scholars have known this for years. And I sound like, you know, I'm okay saying there's a lot of things I don't know. That was something I couldn't have said before. But someone said, no, what he's saying is, is hey, why do you call me good? Uh, because you know there's only one who's good and that's God. And what he's asking him is, do you realize that I'm God? Yeah, do you believe that I'm God? Do you, do you, is that what you're really proclaiming right now to yeah. me, is that I'm God? Because that's, that's going to be the truth. If I'm, there's only one who's good, and that's God. If you come to that place, if you believe that in your life, yeah. if, if, if you come down and go, well, if, if John a good Christian today, the, the patent answer would be, no, of course John's not a good Christian today. That's my false humility. That's me saying, well, why? Well, I got angry at my kid last night. Well, I yelled at my wife. Well, I didn't read my Bible enough. I haven't prayed. I have this and that. And you start quantifying. But isn't that true? Isn't that true that you're not a good Christian? Well, this is now the perceived beliefs versus the actual. I believe now my answer should be yes. You're a good Christian. Yeah. Because I'm not quantifying the goodness by the things that I've done. Right. What I'm saying is I believe now— what did he say? There's only one who's good, and that's God. I can't get – look, let's go the opposite direction. This yeah, is I'm what not, John – I'm not really on the same page. What John did for 30 years of his life was this. I tried to prove that statement to be true by doing everything right. Mm-hmm. So don't yell at your wife. Don't lust. Don't get into this addiction. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it's all a big list. And man, you put my list up against most people, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. You know, I could do these things. Give your life for others. Be generous. I mean, at one point I made vows in my life to give half of this away that I made or this and that. Trying to like foolproof this goodness around my Christianity. And then you wake up and like I said, security or confidence reveal real beliefs. They're at least the beginning of it. And you wake up and realize I'm still so insecure. I still feel so distant or I'm overconfident and and I'm prideful. And what that stripped from me was this. It doesn't matter if I did all of those things perfect. It can't make me more righteous before God. Yeah. Like it can't make me, which is what good means. It can't make me more right before God. Either what Jesus said is true and because of him and what he's done alone, today I am a reflection of his perfection in, in the, the Bible would say in the heavenlies or in the right. spiritual place. So absolutely, Dane, did I yell at my wife? Are those things, those things good? No. But believing rightly who I am mm-hmm. is how those things change. Not by trying hard, so hard to change those things so that somehow they'll come from the outside in. It's going, no, you know what? Those things should not be such, okay? That's yeah. fine. But they are, they are merely a leftover because I live where I live in this world, in this fallen world. But the more that I believe rightly who I am and believe that Jesus loves me, believe the, the things about my identity in Jesus, and it's, it's not some prosperity thing. It's like, no, either like, the only one who was God, the only one who was good, 
made anyone else good who would believe in him. That's the message. That's the real message of Jesus. Either I believe that Mm. and I accept that. And now because I accept that over and over again in my life and I'm encouraged by that, that the things I can never change about my anger or about my lust begin to change because he's doing them. Or I get on this, I get on this, you know, um, treadmill and I just hook it up to, to the church, Christianity, and it's got a little belt. And I am, I am fueling the electricity of the faith and the church through how hard I run on that treadmill. Right. Or I go, hey, it's already been done. And I mean, then, I, I yeah. said a lot there, but, but that's... No, I know what you mean. And I think when you're talking about the stories and reading the story in the Bible and seeing a different thing from it, uh, that's one of the reasons it's important, I think, to read the Word. But, like, uh, it's not about achievement-based uh, anything, but I think that there is something, too, like... Discipline, disciplining yourself. Paul even said, "Like I have to beat my flesh down." Uh, so there's something to saying, like I'm not going to be sad. I can't do it alone, but I'm going to do my part. I think there's something to discipline. But I like that when you talk about what Jesus Jesus would ask these questions, and it was almost like he would ask, he would answer a question with another question to get to the heart of what they were really asking. Yeah. And like when the when the Pharisees tried to trick him, you know. Uh, should I pay taxes? Well, if you believe that you're God, should we pay taxes? Because, you know, they were under Roman rule and it was this huge, I mean, they've been under this crushing, uh, you know, just just totally underneath their rule. And so he says, give me a coin. Yeah, do you who's, have a coin? Whose picture's yeah. on the coin? Yeah. And and so people always say, that, well, render to Caesar, that was the guy. But what I think he was saying is like, my image is on you, just like Caesar's image is on this coin. Wow. I read that story recently, and I was like, that's what he was saying. The Caesar's that... image is on this coin. I created you. My image is on you. I own all of it. Wow. So it's like their question was totally to try to trip him up, and what he said just tripped him up even further. It was like he, he, he was like he was being sarcastic almost. You know? wow. Yeah, I understand that, and I understand you know, I was made in God's image, and, and God makes me – you know, God is good, and if his image is on me, then that makes me good. I, I don't know if that makes me good. I think that just makes God's image good. And, like, if I wear that, then I can demonstrate goodness. But I don't think Dane will ever be good. I think Dane's a sinner, and I think Dane sucks really bad sometimes. I don't know that I could ever call myself a good Christian. I don't know that I could ever say, like, oh, no, 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 I'm a good Christian. Like, I'm good, because Jesus made me good. Like, that just sounds a little hokey to me. I don't, I don't know if I buy into that. Well, and again, so let me say something about you and me, Dane, both, and I can't speak for Johnny, but and I, and I think this is a reoccurring theme. Everyone's got to understand, I'm a recovering Pharisee, which is not what you think. I'm, I'm recovering, and in some ways I think you're recovering as well. And I think a lot of the American church is recovering from ways of thinking of God because your statement is correct. This is all about definitions of good, which is why I was asking the question in the first place. We define good mm-hmm. by a list of things. That is not the way God defines good because God, as a father, when I look at my child, is she good? Oh, my gosh. In my sight, she couldn't be better. Mm-hmm. Does she behave not all the time? No, she doesn't. The answer to that. <laughs> You've been around her. Yeah. And – like that connection of behavior must mean. And so therefore, if my child walks up to me, though, and imagine how God feels about the statements that we make. Because, Dane, what you just said, I've said my whole life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and yes, 
there's truth to it, but we're redefining God's definitions instead of allowing his definitions to be the one that we, because we're afraid that if we say we're good, someone's going to go, yeah, yeah, but I saw you do something bad, which means now that the essence of the gospel is being determined by the behavior of the Christians instead of the essence of the gospel being determined by the truth of the one who gave it. You understand? Like Mm -hmm. we are allowing ourselves to, we think that that's good to say, look, guys, how many times we, John, our whole our whole life, John, right. we told, look, someone out there is watching you, and your reflection and your actions are a reflection of Jesus, and you're the thing that they're going to see, and you're whether or not they believe. But all that does is this place this thing is that means Danes, you better perform, yeah. you better get it right, because if they see bad behavior, they're going to deny that God's word is true or that His love is true, and the opposite should be true. What we should be doing is living so honest that Dane, when you're living in that place, what you just stated was beautiful, that you can be honest enough to say, listen, there's a lot of struggles in my life. Let me show you how Jesus' grace is transforming that. Let me show you how I understand still who I am in him and how my confidence in him is not shaken by the fact that these things are not, I don't want them to remain this way. And in that, let me invite you to something bigger than how good I can be. And because... No one's buying it, everybody. It's a, it's a failed right. it's a failed experiment. You just learn how no to No one's perform. buying that yeah. that we should accept God by how good God's people are. Right. We should accept God by how good God is. Right. And no one's understanding how good God is unless they can see in God's people a vulnerability to say, hey, I'm a right. guy messed up, but look at the good things God is doing in me through it because yeah. I can accept this by belief and by yeah, faith. Yeah, I used to hate that argument anyway from people who I knew uh, outside the church. They'd be like, oh, there's so many hypocrites in church, so many hypocrites. And I'd be like, there's no hypocrites in this bar. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't think there's phonies in right. this restaurant right now. I just think that idea that we we cornered the market on hypocrisy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's part of it is because when you say uh, I'm a Christian, then there's this pressure in evangelicalism to say that means I better pull it together and I better start acting right. Focus on the word acting. Like – even yeah. if it's not right, and if you do have a problem or if you do have an addiction, you better keep it to yourself unless it's one of the accepted addictions like coffee or, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, or food. Right. Food addiction, hey, the pastor will go with you. I'll buy. Hey, but, even yeah. men are allowed to have sex addictions as long as they don't act on it. Right. Right. Well, men are men are dogs, and, and look, right. that's how you're made, so right. you can't help yourself. It's just what we are. Resist, yeah. resist, resist, you know. Right, and that's yeah. the whole – we can get into that. That'll, that's a whole conversation for a whole episode, the whole idea about like – the perception of the Christian woman. It's her responsibility right. to restrain herself yeah. so a man doesn't fall. Because he cannot yeah. be held responsible yeah, because for his... he's We're just wild animals <laughs> right. set free from a cage, and so you silly. show me a little cleavage, I can't be held responsible. Well, it would appear. Is he on? Hey, Grant, can you hear us? I'm going to take that as a no. Hold on, Grant. If you're out there, hang on, hang on, Grant. I just want to say that uh, cleavage was the magic word, and that's why the call came through. I say cleavage. <laughs> hey, John, explain for everybody what's about to happen. We have a guest today. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we have a very special guest today uh, who's a, a friend. His name is Grant McCartney. He is the Island Ninja on American Ninja Warrior. If you watch oh, yeah. uh, on television, Great and uh, yeah, he's amazing. Love it. And uh, he's uh, going to be joining us all the way from Hawaii today. He's going to tell us about himself and what he's doing. And just a guy that, uh, man, I've really enjoyed my time with him, really enjoyed uh, being with him. So, hey, what's up, Grant? How you doing, man? I'm all right. Just down here at the CrossFit gym, sweating my booty off. <laughs> man, you are training like crazy, aren't you? Yeah. Team Ninja Warrior starts next month, and 
I'll be on the road for the whole month, so I got to just keep the training going while I'm sitting still. Wow. Wow, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Listen, I, I'm a big fan, big fan of the show and uh, love watching what you do. And, and you're the island ninja for all of our listeners out there. And uh, you're one of the most entertaining guys to watch, just uh, your demeanor. And, and you always have a good time. You're dancing and, and moving around. But, man, you t- tell us, how tall are you? You're one, like one of the tallest guys on there, correct? Um, yeah, I mean, there's been some bigger dudes rolling the last year or so, but I'm coming at 6'2", 195, so um, I'm one of the top guys to make it to stage two, probably one of the heaviest, if not the heaviest, to make it to stage two of Vegas finals, uh, made there the last couple years, and um, when you get down to stage two and three of the finals, man, if you're heavy, it does not help you. No, I'm... I'm uh... This is Johnny. I'm 6'4", 200 pounds, and that uh, – the mic broke up. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot more than 195. Yeah. No, it and is, so you uh, would be my goal weight, uh, even, <laughs> even the height. Like I want to I get about two inches knocked off my – just somehow, <laughs> just its feet. Just take the feet off. 6'2", 195 would be great. And uh, tell me – I was talking to John about this. What's the hardest obstacle? Because to me – they put that big wall at the end, and you're totally exhausted at the end. You have to grab up and get that with your fingertips. That's the hardest, right? The, warp, the warped wall is yeah. what it's called, yeah. The warped wall is tough, but <clears throat> I, um, I've i been a sponsored skateboarder for over like 10, 15 years okay. now. And so that's pretty much like a skateboard ramp. If you're uh, stuck inside of a vert ramp and you have to get out, that's the same thing you would do. And I've been doing that since a kid. So really the toughest for me is like a – the cliffhanger, the one where it's a tiny ledge and you move across it on your fingertips. Oh, yeah. um, that one's just really rugged for me. Good Do you work out your fingertips? Like, I, you know, I, I wonder, I know you have grip strength, but man, I watch you guys do that. And especially a guy like you who is, you know, carrying more muscle mass than maybe the others. That just seems like it's brutal. It really does. What kind of finger workouts are you doing for that? Um, you know, a little bit of everything because it takes, it takes building up the tendons, not just the muscle. So um, there's a lot of stretching and warm-up, but then you go into, um, like, there's a thing in climbing called a campus board, which are these little tiny ledges um, big enough to fit just part of your digit of your finger on there, or they range in size, but nothing, nothing bigger than a pad of your finger. And then you hang or you do pull-ups like that or you move from one to the up, uh, upwards on the ladder, um, grabbing in different ways, uh, holding with your the, just the very tips of your finger. So that's wow. kind of the workout. That's amazing. And, and Grant, you may not know this, but Johnny and I uh, were in a band for a lot of years. And when we would go to certain towns, uh, Johnny actually would do some very impressive feats of strength for the audience. Johnny, tell us some stuff you used to do. Well, I don't know if you, Grant, I don't know if you know about this, but in Christian evangelical culture, uh, in in churches, people that do events at churches, there was this group called the Power Team. Do you remember the Power Team? Have you heard of them? The Power Team, no. Okay, so they were these group of weightlifters who all got, like, they would recruit people and they were all saved and they would come tell their story, and then as they told their story, uh, the kids were all waiting for them to basically tear phone books in half and blow up water uh, like uh, hot water bottles until they exploded. Uh, with just the, and so it was this big kind of a gimmicky thing. And we would go to towns where they would say, "Oh, it's going to be great. There's four or five hundred people coming to your show. We were in a band, and so we'd get there and there'd be like thirty kids, and they like, well, the power team is in town uh, at the church across the street." <laughs> And so we began to hate the power team. Uh, 
We didn't want yeah. to, but so I got mad one time when the power team showed us up again and stole our thunder. So I decided to do some feats of strength in our show, and I tore a stack of napkins, like a big. It was a thick stack, Grant. <laughs> it was a really thick. It was stack, thick. Huh? I had watered like, it down thousands. only a little bit, and uh, <laughs> but I did it, and uh, so. Well, hey, I'm sure that those were like northern quilted or bouncy, <laughs> like the super strength. They ones, were right? they were high quality, great value yeah. uh, Walmart napkins, and so yeah, that's the best. yeah and uh, I. But yeah, those workouts you're talking about, I can relate because you have to stay in a certain kind of shape to tear napkins. You really do. You know, you know exactly. <laughs> Grant, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have a very interesting uh, day job. I know you're traveling the world and, and you're doing ninja events and uh, a lot of ninja camps and other things for kids and, and speaking a lot right now. Tell us, tell us about that and also tell us about your other job on the side that you do. Yeah, um, so... Uh, my priorities, you know, I still have to pay the bills and do everything. And to do that, I've been working as a flight attendant for Hawaiian Airlines the last five years. And, um, that's awesome. So I, I fly to travel and then I fly, um, for work. But when I travel, I also do ninja events and, um, ninja events will consist of public appearances or signing autographs to teaching kids and adults to um, more recently doing arena ninja events where it's, uh, upwards of six to 12,000 people will show up and I'll be a hype man and just get everyone involved. I, I really like to, uh, my personality just is like very inclusive. I like everyone to be involved and around and feel like they're a part of the group. So to be a hype man on a mic in front of 12,000 people is just, it like suits me really well. And I just start getting everyone pumped and then I fly from there, wherever that is in the mainland, back to Hawaii to start flying Inner Island again. So, wow, man, that's uh, wow, that's awesome. I mean, you make a perfect hype band. I always, I always love watching you. Tell me, tell me when you're like about to. They always show you before you're about to uh, take the course and and do this amazing, you know, physical obstacle. And yet you're just, I mean, you're up there dancing, and then they're always laughing, and you're having fun. Tell me what that's all about. What what does that bring to you? to have that, that moment where you're having so much fun in the face of such, uh, you know, future obstacle? Yeah, I mean, uh, the beginning of American Ninja Warrior, everyone loves to watch on TV and get there like, oh, I can do that, you know, I, you know, I love it because I was that person too, and that's why I did it. But um, when you get there on stage and the cameras are counting you down, the producer's pointing at you, three, two, one, and everyone's cheering, um, it's very nerve-wracking. I mean, I... I I related to, I played rugby and, and during kickoffs, they kicked to me and I'd have to catch it. If you catch that ball and make a good first step, the first guy storming at you will miss tackle. But if you fumble that ball, he will blow you out of your cleats. Right. And the guys coming at me are like, you know, 200 plus pounds. So I really got to focus and I, I would get really nervous on kickoffs. Well, this is like three times that because you just, it's just so much nerves. I, I, I have, I'm trying to figure out how to calm that down. And, you know, it doesn't help you to be that nervous. So um, the first year I took time and I prayed before I ran. But then, um, but then you know, right after that, I got on stage and I, I just kind of said to God, I was like, all right, here's the deal, you know, like win, lose or draw. Like, this is a good thing. I'm not going to ruin this good thing by getting too upset and too worried and nervous. And if I fall in the water, get loud and cuss or be bummed or whatever, just go out there and do what I want to do. And if it goes well, awesome. If it doesn't, awesome. But remember, this is a good thing. And dancing helps me remind myself like, hey, you're having fun out there. Don't ruin this. This is fun. 
And uh, so I do it every year now. Yeah, I know. That's great, man. I can relate to the nerves. Like I'm a comedian. And so when, when I first started getting on stage, it took me a long time to get over the nerves. And when John told me that we were going to be speaking to you, I was like, well, I had an idea for a game show a long time ago that was, it combined obstacle courses with panic attacks and it was called the American Ninja Warrior. And uh, I think I think we've got something here. Me and you, let's do this, Grant. Like, I, you know, people I, get so stressed I, I out. We see how much stress they can take. And uh, yeah, obstacle. it's going to be great. I think American we can do it. Ninja Warrior. Oh, the American like Ninja it. Warrior. Yeah, that's that's pretty classic. <laughs> hey, you were on. Uh, I know you've been on a lot of media. Tell tell us about. Uh, I know you went on the Ellen Show. Uh, yeah. Recently, tell us about what what that story was that got you on that show because that's kind of a crazy story, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the root of it is something I told my buddy again yesterday. Is like, you know, was, that was my second year being on American Ninja Warrior. I never had a plan to just be on television and just I want to do more television. I mean, it naturally is something I enjoy, so I continue to do it because I like being in front of the camera. I like goofing off and entertaining people, but. The second year through, I was thinking, like, I've always wanted to be on the Ellen show, and I know she likes American Ninja Warrior, so I always try to think of what is the silliest thing I can say in those post-interviews, post-run interviews, where I can, like, I, I, I literally have the mic and millions of people are watching, and I love yeah. that moment because I'm like, I could say anything here. And they may edit it out, but, you know, maybe they won't, and this time they didn't. And it was funny because I got done with the course, and they do such a good job, and they always ask these, like, super obvious questions like if you fell in the water like so what happened out there you're wet now and you're like oh, <laughs> are you disappointed <laughs> yeah yeah like oh, you look like you're sad was that because you fell and you're like are you gonna answer your own question like i don't know so when i knew it was coming i knew the blatant questions were coming and they were they asked me something along the lines of like you know, you're always having fun dancing out there. What's the deal with the dancing, you know? And I was like, well, I like to dance like my girl, Ellen DeGeneres. And, uh, and shouting her out, she ended up seeing it and, uh, and then tweeted at me a couple of weeks later saying, hey, I want you to come on and be on the show. And, um, and then it was all kind of history from there and pretty, pretty crazy stuff. That's awesome. So, yeah, I think if I did that, they would literally asked me not to come on the show. They were yeah. like, we were going, could you not, we were going, please don't come mind. on the show and dance. Yeah. <laughs> well, Grant, I know you and I have talked a lot, um, you know, over the past several months about different things and, you know, we're, our, our podcast is, you know, it's just kind of a, a conversation with friends across table and, and we just kind of share different things. And um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you, you share so much hope every time we talk and I know you're out speaking to a lot of people, Tell us some of the, the, the parts of your story, you know, just briefly what you'd like to share that, um, you know, maybe everyone out there who's watching the show, that the parts that they don't know and, and the parts that uh, have made you who you are today. Yeah, I mean, um, being a follower of Jesus, like it's not just um, something that I, I, I go and do on Sundays and, um, you know, like I just even this last Sunday just reminded like, I choose to be a disciple of Christ. And that is like, that's way more intensive than just, just like, Oh yeah, I go to church or yeah, I believe or whatever. And that makes me realize like every good gift has come from him. And my, my favor on the show for years now and all these great opportunities have come from him. And, and it makes me realize I have this platform to be able to share what I believe. Um, 
And, and in that, I get to share the better, bigger parts of the story that people don't know because at, literally every day, halfway through my workout, a guy outside stopped me and was like, hey, you're that guy. And I was like, yep, that, I'm that guy. You don't know my name, but that's cool. I'm from American Ninja Warrior. Um, and it's great. People recognize me and, you know, that's cool and all. But I feel like God wouldn't give me that opportunity without a purpose. And so um, what I do is I try to share the rest of the story. Um, the reason why I got into American Ninja Warrior is because I watched it growing up and I always told my family I would do it. I remember even filming a fake submission video years ago with my little brother. Um, and I, you know, I didn't, I never turned it in. I didn't really know what to do. And I just was kind of lazy about it. And then, um, unexpectedly my mom passed away. And, um, and then a couple months later, my grandmother passed away, um, followed by my dad's mom. And then, uh, a couple months after that, my stepdad wow. and in the process of, of people passing away, um, it just gave me like a realization that, you know, life is very short and that, um, you know, one thing was like, I'm going to go do these things I always said I was going to do. Um, but also that I told my mom I was going to do it. I told my grandma I was going to do it. And of course, being a loving mom, she was like, you're the best, you're going to win. You're the coolest, you're the, you know, and, uh, and like the way I, I like to think of it is I was running, you know, and I finished the course the first year. Um, you know, very sad thought so that she wasn't there to see that, that she, I couldn't share that with her. But um, I believe in more. I believe that she has like the best seat in the house, that she's um, up in heaven watching down, just just cheering. And enjoying and I want people to know that it's not this beautiful, um, just awesome story. Everything's all good. I mean, I spent two years of just grief um, where literally everything I would go to God about felt like something else was happening bad. I mean, I just think of one instance, like I was flying back to the mainland for my mom's funeral. My grandmother was passing away from cancer. So I was caregiving for her. I was driving her home at night. A cop pulls me over because we're speeding to get her home because she's sick. I'm lost. I'm just obviously physically upset. And he pulls me over and I, I go, I'm so sorry, sir. I, I know I'm speeding. I'm just trying to get her home. And she's obviously ill. And he goes, okay. And he leaves. I'm thinking, all right, God, here's a little bit of grace. I could really appreciate this. And the guy came back and writes me a huge ticket and, uh, and just doesn't see anything more. And I go, what the crap, God? Like, why is this is just one thing and another thing and another thing? And it was just like these more and more building up. But of course, then my grandmother passes. And then, you know, then I, um, I fracture my foot. Um, and then it's just these, it's all these things building and building for two years. Um, and I, I really felt like I could relate to um, Job where more and more just kept happening. It's not like something bad happened to him and that was it. It literally stripped him of feeling like everything. And that part of those, those years, I took time to go to God and go, all right, I don't understand this. One of the things I don't understand, God, is you're telling me in Romans 8, 28, that all things work for the good in those are called according to your purpose and love you. Okay, well, I do that. I believe in you. I believe that the Bible is true. I believe this, but I see zero good in this. Like, I literally see no good in my mom passing away. And it just hurts to wake up in tears because you're crying in your sleep, which I didn't even know was possible. Like, mm -hmm. this is outside of my understanding. How is this good? And, 
And I want people to know that in whatever capacity. I mean, I try to relate my message depending on where I'm at um, because there's more worse things that have happened before my mom passed that I don't tell people um, because I want, I want, I judge it to the crowd. You know, if it's, right. if it's an intimate group or if it's a, a group that can handle, then I'll tell them more. But I ultimately just want them to know that I took years to delight myself in the Lord, as it says in Psalm 37, mm. and that he'll give you the desires of your heart when you do so. And years later, yes, there is wonderful things happening now. I get to do the Ellen Show, which is some stupid thing I've always wanted to do. And I have plenty of more things I plan on doing. And when you see me on WWE hitting somebody with a chair, <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. And, and I believe that, that that only comes because God says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And years of ch- choosing to delight in him in really hard moments have led me to places where I can look at something great and say, yes, this is it. So when I hit a buzzer and I'm sitting there screaming to the crowd and they're cheering for me and it feels wonderful, I think to myself, God, you are so good. You are so good for this. And when I look back years and years ago where my mom was just gone and I got a call from someone I don't know that just told me your mom is dead and just literally left me with nothing but just that I also turned to him and said God you are you are still good in this same moment you are equally as good and so I want people to know the full story I want people to know everything I don't want them to be left with like oh you're on TV and you just have good things happen so right. That's what I get to share with events or speaking at churches or schools. And, you know, I do have to tailor it while I'm at schools. I can't completely just say about my faith. I talk about getting over obstacles and um, I'll be going up to Michigan to speak next week. Um, some of the stuff that I don't always tell people about suicide um, will be something I'll be speaking on up in Michigan. They have a very high suicide rate there um, at the school I'll be going to. I actually found my mom. She tried to commit suicide when I was younger. Um, and I found her in my living room. She had wow. cut her wrist and stuff. And um, I just, I want people to know that even in those moments, you know, there's hope. And, um, and I do believe the most powerful things is um, faith, hope, and love. And if they have those, they can literally endure um, whatever comes their way because God will remind them that they are loved yeah. um, through faith um, and that he gives them hope in that. So I just want... I just want that for everyone else who, who isn't in a great spot. Yeah. Wow, man. What a great, I mean, first of all, we just appreciate you being uh, willing to share, you know, the good parts. It's so crazy. You've told me that before. People see you up there dancing, up there having a good time and everything seems so perfect and you're flipping and jumping and, and it's it's such a big stage with big lights. And I think everyone out there should know uh, there's no one out there, no matter how big the stage or how bright the lights, who doesn't have a story or doesn't have something that they're dealing with and facing and and doubts and other issues. And so it takes it takes more courage to be real than it does uh, to just be known. And so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you being willing to be both. And um, that's just awesome, man. So now tell us, I know you got a lot of uh, Island Ninja gear uh, and a lot of other stuff that it's really cool. We, we see you on the show wearing it and lots of fans are wearing it. Where can someone go to find some of your cool stuff? Yeah, you can go to um, Island Ninja at BigCartelWithAC.com, BigCartel.com. But the easiest thing is if they go to any of my social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, it's all at Island Ninja. So if you just put in the handle at Island Ninja on any account, 
um, it'll take you there. And then you can find links to that as well. If you can't remember the website at Ninja at bigcartel.com. My Instagram is, it's usually the link in my bio, um, or on Facebook, it's the top pinned, um, article or whatever. So you can, people can find it there. Cause I update, you know, the, the products all the time. And whenever I go to cities, I make unique ones for the cities I go to. Oh, cool. And it's just really cool because on Instagram and stuff like that, um, a following has kind of grown there and, I, uh, 50,000 almost followers. Now I get to see people in other countries will send me pictures wearing the Island Ninja stuff and like training and wow. going out and doing stuff. It's, it's just cool. Cause you know that you're reaching more than you can understand. Like, you know, back when I had like a couple thousand people following me or whatever, and they were mostly my friends, I was like, I know these people, but now 50,000 people, like, I don't know 50,000 people. And they're all over. I look at my analytics and there's, they're in, you know, all over Mexico or down in um, Amsterdam or over in France or um, Australia. And, you know, I go live on a lot of, a lot of different social medias as well. Um, when I met somewhere cool, uh, like when we were in Alaska in an igloo, I decided to go live up there. And as I'm going live, people tune in from all around the world and it's just, it's just really cool. So yeah, I mean, you can find those all, just go to my social medias at Island Ninja and tune in. I got some live videos. I goof off a lot. Oh yeah, man! I watched your video from the igloo and or several of them when you were training up. Was it Alaska, right? Yeah, in yeah. a remote village up there, Unalakleet. Oh man, it was crazy. You looked it I, from seeing you normally in tropical conditions, like out there in the frozen tundra. I was like, oh my goodness! It uh, it was awesome. It was very funny, and obviously it was it was entertaining and, and impressive to watch all the stuff that you guys do. And but we're looking forward, man. We're going to be cheering for you. I know you said you got Team Ninja Warrior coming up, and uh, looking forward to to how you're going to do in, in this next season and all the stuff, and excited to hear about all these these uh, arena events and other things. It's just exciting, man. We're just uh, we're fans, and we'd love to have you come back on the show maybe sometime and, and give us another update and tell more stories. But uh, we appreciate you giving your time today. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me, you guys. Keeping it lighthearted and fun out there. I appreciate it. You bet, man. God bless, Grant. All right, have a good one, man. Later, boys. And that was, uh, who was that? Grant? That was Grant McCartney. Uh, he is uh, the Island Ninja, American Ninja Warrior. Love the show. Really do. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun show to watch. And, um, and you know, even it's a fun, fun show to watch even for kids or for people our age. It really doesn't matter. Just It's impressive. It's just impressive. To, Dane, have you watched it? Yeah, I've seen a couple okay. episodes. Okay. It's, it, it's crazy what people can do. You're in good shape. You think you could do it, Dane? I couldn't do it. I'm not in good shape either. I I would have a lot of work to do, for sure. Yeah. See, I don't think I could. There is no amount of work, even yeah. at your age, that I could have done, in my opinion, to be prepared for that. Like this no, is I just think, what I got. I think you're right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I did insanity, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I live that insane. I live there was a workout called insanity that you did for ninety days. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. <laughs> like, why would you even call a workout insanity? Yeah. I remember you used to say well, we did a, we had a video one time. It was like, I was like, you go. So i Yeah, you say you've lost some weight since I said, well, I've been. Yeah, how did you lose the weight? Insanity. You're like, oh, the workout. And you're like, I go. There's a workout called insanity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my favorite ever. Uh, but at the end of the day, like the best I could do yeah. was nothing. Like Grant McCartney just yeah. started Some off. Just gifted. Yeah. That dude could be eating a cake right now, what and a nice he could guy. go. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great guy, and 
sharing his story. And uh, but he's he's hilarious. He really is. You go watch him on the That's show. Cool. It's crazy. He has that dichotomy of oh, that fun. And I know a lot of well, the he's comedians. a showman, but he's yeah. all, all business when it comes to like the course. Yeah, he gives you a little bit of a show, but then he's like, let's dial in. Let me get my fingertips in shape. Whatever. Well, and, the when he's fallen on the salmon ladder, which is the one where you take the pole and you have to like climb to oh, the next oh, level yeah. through there, and and it's one that most of the guys, the veterans, like, like jump him, the pole correct. up. That's nuts. But it's like it's a, upstream, but, like a salmon. But see, I he's know called he's the one of ladder. the yeah exactly. He's one of the elite though. Like they have you know these guys, they follow their story. Mm-hmm. They're they're on the team Ninja Warrior, all those things, and rarely do those guys fall on salmon ladder. So it, we talked about it. It's like a thing. You know he he's way better than the salmon ladder. That's what the rookies yeah. usually fall on. And so, but anybody, I mean, my gosh, we're talking about incredible, like you right. said, things these guys are doing. But mm-hmm. so we're really rooting for this next season. You know that the salmon ladder because it's got him two years in a row on, on the <sighs> second stage because he had the fastest time in the city course this year that he was in, and uh, he was unbelievably it's fast. So, cool. so he's a great guy. So look forward to uh, talking to more cool people as we go, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Um, I love you know he's from Tennessee. Uh, and I'm not sure what his accent. Did you say he was born in Knoxville? He was born. My understanding. We didn't is, even bring that up, and we're Knoxville people. Yeah, I know. Dang it! His dad played football at Tennessee. But we had we had some some tech tech issues there. We did, and I'm sorry. Which is, Johnny was we're, sitting we're in my lap out. during. Uh, we were interview. doing like we were sharing the same mic, like uh, like a, <laughs> it was like the, the it's like the dream on harmony for Aerosmith, where they would kind of share the same mic while I'm playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he yeah. called and like. The worst conversation for him to interrupt ever. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were there, man. We were, yeah, we were bringing it in for a landing. Like, but... stop blaming the women for your horrible behavior <laughs> and grant my <laughs> cleavage ring. Yeah, that's like if you're that ever if you're ever saying anything kind of like shady or you're telling like an inappropriate story at the table, the waiter will come by oh, every yeah. time. Be like more bread, and you're like, oh, "What did I just say?" <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you're praying. That yeah. happened to us. Yeah, if they're praying, and then they have to stand there and listen for your. Or they don't stand there. They just come in and here's your food and interrupt. Uh, have you That's had that equally happen? Funny. They just drop the plates. Yeah. yeah. She. I don't know if she realized what was happening oh. when she said something, but yeah, it was a group of like six people. We were or seven people at the yeah. table. And of course, we were all head bowed. Well, they probably don't. Sometimes you don't know what to do. And I think we everybody's customs no, are different. I would even done in, the same even thing. in Christian circles, your customs are different. If, especially if you're holding a hot plate, you're like I'm just going to yeah, wait. This and is singe, really hot. I'm going to singe my down. fingerprints to oblivion <laughs> while you get through with your Lord. You said in Deuteronomy five. <laughs> Some people have to reference scriptures in their food prayers. <laughs> the bread of a thousand grains has rained. What better is one day at this chili's? <laughs> And a thousand elsewhere. <laughs> no, my favorite thing that people do in prayer, though, is when uh, a pastor now, to be more conversational, will not say amen. And I grew up with an amen on the end of the prayer, meaning right. like we're done. It's like the period. So on the they'll sentence. be like, Lord, we just know that you're going to do it today because we, we ask it in your son's name. Now, as you leave today, uh, we want you to get a... <laughs> and like, you just uh, go, wait a minute. It's like you left the phone off the hook. Yeah, you know? I want the cue. Like you expect like from heaven, like the thing when you used to leave the phone off the hook. God's or like, like God still is the prayer. Forgetting something? Yeah, yeah. The prayer's not over, pal. Like you left the windows of heaven open somehow. Yeah, Sadie, I didn't say amen in a prayer of the day, and she was legitimately upset with me. Uh, pastor, if you notice, Daddy? our pastor will add a second amen. It's like a... Bye bye. Amen. It's like instead people say bye, then some people say bye bye. He goes amen. 
And amen. And amen. Well, and one day, I would, and I'll do this. Sometimes I will pray in Jesus' name in the middle of the prayer, yeah. and then Sadie will think we're done. Oh, sure. Because that goes with the amen. So you're like, so you're praying, Lord, you know, I pray Sadie has a great day at school today, and you right. help her, you know, help her to pay attention, all the stuff you need. And Lord, you know, we're praying in Jesus' name that you help her mm-hmm. friend. Is really, and when you say in Jesus' name, it's like a cue. What? And she starts talking. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, right. hey, I'm still going. Or have you noticed that a lot of people don't pray to bless the appetizers? Yeah, they wait till the entree comes. They're like, mm. "Well, God's got us on these chips." <laughs> he doesn't but expect like, Thanksgiving but like, chicken this. could kill us if it's not <laughs> cooked properly. Like we ordered pork, we need to watch out. Jesus protect us from trigonosis, but like nobody's ever died from a corn chip, <laughs> so we're good. Actually, but did you hear really, that urban legend? Oh, that the little person there was that, a guy with a corn chip in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> It's the greatest story ever told. Because <laughs> it's not true. This is really funny. Um, I, I have never experienced this in my life. But my, my father-in-law just texted me. He helped us move a stove out of our house yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's this weird, uncanny thing where he can put something out by the road, by the mailbox, where like you would see a trash can maybe. And in like an hour, that thing is gone. What? Gone. Oh, yeah, certain neighborhoods, like, they just, like, you can put a couch, an old, it can be broken down. He, we were going to try to take the stove last night to Goodwill, and we found out that they don't accept appliances. (laughs) (laughs) And and so we were like, he was like, well, let let me just take it home. And we're like, what are you going to do with this? I'll just put it out by the mailbox. Mm. He said he put it out at 2.30 today. And it, it is now four fourteen, and that thing is gone. It's like the it's like the tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the junk fairy. He's got it a junk like, fairy in his does. neighborhood. He left you two coins. It it's beautiful. so crazy. I mean, I'm happy for that, but wow, that's miracle. weird, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I've never lived in a place where that's. It's the like norm. the widow with the oil, but instead of it being more oil that it never ran out, it's just people keep taking stoves. It's different. <laughs> it's just like so that. It's not. <laughs> so it's not at all like that story. <laughs> <laughs> there was a story. I remember it. I'm so you start putting things man. out there that you want to get rid of without yeah. your wife's permission. You know what I'm saying? Uh, honey, I just I was cleaning it. Too. What am I going to do? Uh, I just put it outside I, for a second. And now it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know you liked that Alabama jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Oh, but we probably Alabama. need to wrap up yeah, here. That's fine. We should. Um, okay. Hey, thanks for listening, listeners. Hey, yeah. Dane, what's that Twitter account again? <laughs> <laughs> are we sticking at, with this? Yes, we are. Okay. At talk a, B, that pod. pod. <laughs> it's so, so funny. It's every so time, every time I get a Twitter notification account. of someone's follower, I'm like, how do wow, they find us? These are real fans. You really hey, want, we've gotten a few followers on a, our Instagram. You've got to really want to get Same to handle. us. And we appreciate you. It's like a Ninja Warrior. Warrior <laughs> obstacle course. We've put up an obstacle course to finding us on social media. People are like, you know what? I've trained for this. I've worked out my fingertips. This is going to happen. And they keep clicking until they get to us. And wow. thank you. That was full circle. Uh, thank full you. Circle today, I, that's what so. I do. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, uh, when you go, you can also, you can tweet things at us or you can post and give us things you want us to talk about. Mm-hmm. I know we have people who have, I wish y'all talk about this or that. I've heard that a little bit. So we'd love to hear from you. Also, go leave a review. And uh, subscribe and spread it around your friends and family. Yes. Yeah, just know, just understand that whatever you comment on our stuff or whatever comment you leave, 
John will try to turn that into a sermon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's play a game. No, actually, my, my students used to play that game with me. Hey, John, How can this what be about sermon? that wooden, that, yeah. that, that barn over there? Yeah. Well, you know. What about this pine cone? It's the Lord that opens up a place for all of us as his sheep to come and gather. You know, we, we try to find it. So it's hard to yeah, stump the... Uh, Stump the parable man. Yeah, so. that's beautiful. Yeah. That'll be, so next time on We our, all know that you're this great Christian now. <laughs> Guys, I'm a good Christian. Because so, <laughs> I do everything right. Yeah. So, anyway, hey, it's a great time with you guys today. Thanks for uh, hanging out on Talk About That, and we'll see you next week. Peace. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.